0: listeners of the podcast I come to you from the future or the past or maybe even the present depending on when you access these files but it's the night before San and fury and I'm really excited this fest has been something special for a really long time and every year I try to downplay going to the fest just because the thought of being around a million people for pretty much the entire day listening to hardcore doesn't sound that appetizing just because I'm super antisocial and weird about being in crowds. Not the biggest fan of fest. So I try to pretend like I'm not that excited but when the time draws near i get pretty amped up because i know that the fest always um excuse me always delivers so here i am editing a podcast the night before when i should be getting some rest because it's going to be a long day but i bring to you a pretty special episode i love Southern California hardcore so much so when I can have a band on from Southern California it amps me up I'm super excited to be able to have them on and show them to you guys if you're unaware this week we travel to San Diego and we have on Sean from slow decay which in my opinion is A band that could make some noise if they decided to talking to sean i didn't realize that this wasn't something that they weren't trying to do full-time i was a little surprised by that but it does make sense because their members are in other bands so i understand but in their group of friends i feel like slow decay is some band that can do stuff if that makes sense it's really late i'm sorry but slow decay is awesome sean's awesome i'm really happy he came on the podcast and talked to me shout outs to michael for connecting us so without further ado please welcome sean Austin to the podcast we're finally able to do this because I had uh, Michael on the podcast like um, it, was, it was like a long time ago it feels it feels like ages ago but I, um, I remember uh, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or after the podcast we uh, talked about um, trying to get you on because he said that he'd be a good person to have on and I've always been a fan of slow decay so I was down to do it like right when he mentioned it so I'm happy um we're finally here
1: yeah man thanks for having me and appreciate the uh support
0: hell yeah um let's just jump right into um slow decay can you talk about uh, how the band started and where it all came from
1: so slow decay was actually the first like band that i've ever attempted to like start uh so there was like essentially two parts to this band. So the part right now being the second part. So the first part, Michael, he touched on it in his episode and it was essentially like, it was like completely different from like what it is now. It wasn't like metallic hardcore. My vocals didn't sound that way. It was like, it was more so just like, just made it like a band because I just wanted to front a band like already because I have made friends with people who were in bands and I just wanted to finally get into that after going to shows for so long but I feel as though like everyone hates or like has an issue with like their first like attempt at a band and this one was no exception so after a while I was just like you know what fuck this like I just want to like kind of like just start from scratch and just do something new still kept the name but yeah so Busted out these new songs, dropped Fragments of Pleasure last year. Pretty happy with it. So
0: before the um, second iteration of the band, uh, how far did you get? Um, did you do like a demo at first before you decided to scrap everything?
1: Yeah, so it was only just a demo. It was actually like kind of a, kind of long. It was like seven songs. But uh, one of them being an intro, so I guess it doesn't count too much. But yeah, so that was put out... I want to say end of April, twenty sixteen. I think, yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, so played shows, just mainly uh, like actually only within like Southern California, like okay. during that time until it was in like twenty seventeen like summer 2017 I just decided that i wanted to just scrap all the material we had and just like kind of start fresh so had I know uh Michael talked about it in his episode too but we had uh a friend of ours at the time was helping me write stuff he had actually wrote like the a good majority of the material that we had but uh kind of had a falling out with him and a little lineup change well a, a little rocky at the time but uh so it took like a good amount of time between that time and coming up with like an, like one or two more songs for the EP before we got to like recording it and then finally putting it out in uh, June of last year. Okay, I think so that's kind of like the timeline of it.
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think back. Uh, the first time I saw you guys, I think it was. Um, it was definitely. Uh, uh, it was a Rift Mountain show. I, I think it was uh, You Guys, uh, Absence of Mind, Dare. I, I think. Oh, hell yeah. I, I think Momentum so that, did like a yeah. set.
1: Yeah. So that show was really, really cool because uh, it was, to my knowledge, like the first hardcore show that Riff Mountain had. And it was kind of cool to uh, introduce the people who ran the space and would frequent it uh kind of introduce them to like you know like what hardcore is for those who have little to no understanding so yeah it was uh resonate which is like members of modern color and uh, absence of mind um so those two or i mean resonate and then drain from Santa Cruz were doing like a little weekend run together i think that was like the the kickoff show so there was that, there are those two bands, uh, absence of Mind, slow decay, dare in spite. And then all the guys in momentum were there. So they, we were just like, fuck it. Like all the bands within our friend group were there. So like, we were like, just play like, I think it was like, what, like three or four songs, nothing crazy. But, uh, we were kind of concerned with that show because the same night, roughly a mile away, there was, uh, I believe regional justice center and cool side were playing at program. And I know that, uh, both of those bands draw like a good amount. So we're like, Oh shit. Like, well, we're already like this close to the day. Like we can't like change like the date of the show or anything like that. But, uh, the day of the show came and it was a really, really cool turnout. And we had like little to no expectations because we weren't familiar with the space. There's another show going on in the same area. A lot of question marks, but the show happened and it was awesome. And the guys that ran Rift Mountain were really, really stoked and like wanted to continue throwing like hardcore shows there, despite how different it was from what they usually do.
0: I literally had no idea that that was like the first hardcore show to happen at Rift Mountain. I just kind of, to my,
1: to my knowledge, anyhow, I think that's what Vince from a uh, modern color resonate told us.
0: Okay. And I, I can definitely believe that because that was my first time ever there. It was the first time ever hearing about it because I just mm-hmm. never like there's another venue in Fullerton. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it was super cool. We just wanted to have like a homie show and like, Vince, uh, I guess I think he played there maybe once or twice with Modern Color because that's like kind of like the bands that they would uh, hold shows for. So he was like more or less like, "Hey, we have this like really cool like spot within Fullerton. It's like super low key. I think it'd be really cool to have a show there." And we did, and it was awesome. And then had like a good run for a year until unfortunately got uh, shut down.
0: You know, I was one of the kids that went to uh, both shows that night because um, the reason I actually went to that show was um, before I started doing the podcast, I used to like email people like questions and I do these like um, little like interviews. And one of the people that I talked to early on was Angel from Dare. And I always used to ask the people I was interviewing to, um, to, give me some bands that we should be keeping an eye on. And he gave me like a list of bands and it uh, turns out uh, slow decay and absence of Mind were on that list. So I was like, I checked you guys out on uh band camp and I was like, okay, this is cool. This is like some bands I've never heard of. So I definitely want to go check them out. So that's what led me to Rift mountain that night. And I'm a huge cool side fan. So I was like, okay, I was like, I'm pretty sure I could make it work depending on, uh, the set list or, or the set time excuse me and luckily I was able to catch um uh Absence of mine, Slow Decay, and I saw momentum and uh I, I remember it was as uh Resonate was like um loading in I like dipped out because uh I actually know this guy named Tiernan who plays in Resonate. I'm pretty sure still, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he still plays in that band. So I remember seeing him on, on my way out and I, I felt bad. Um But I had to, you know, uh, see the bands that I wanted to. So I was happy I was able to make it work. Um, But
1: Yeah, you you did what you could. You supported both shows the best that you could.
0: Yeah, and I paid for both shows. So just supporting the scene the best that
1: I can. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming out, man. Uh, First off, I want to say shout out Dare. I love all those guys, Angel, Marco, Anaya, Aaron they're out there doing the whole damn thing right now. And it's just crazy what all the shit that they are doing and have lined up for themselves. But, um, yeah, I actually think the guys, some of the guys in dare actually after their set or after the drain set (laughs) had also went to followed the same steps you did and went to program after the show to go see, uh, the show there. (laughs) So you weren't the only one to do that.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, cool to have, um, you know, multiple venues running cool shows and it sucks that they happen on the same night, but it's, um, you know, also great that we can, you know, support both shows and, uh, you know, just drive across town to see like some cool bands.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy it worked out for both shows. Like to my knowledge, I, I think like from what I know, like that show, like had like a good turnout and ours did too. and it seemed like both were like a good time. So I'm glad that neither of them like got shafted for sure.
0: Yeah. Cause we, we never want to, uh, you know, see, uh, anybody, you know, have like a crappy night, we want everybody to, you know, do good.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh, are you like, what part of San Diego are, are you guys from? I have like there's a weird, um, like affinity with knowing like, like where bands are from.
1: Yeah. So slow decay, we are actually 100% San Diego. We're not like displaced or anything like that. Um, so there's four of us in the band, two of, uh, two of us in the band are also in absence of mine, Gino and Ryan, who do drums and bass respectfully. Um, we actually, the three of us actually live together along with, along with two other people. Okay. So there's five of us that live in like the San Diego state area here in San Diego. And then Michael lives in like the Claremont Mesa area, so like a little like northwest of us. Not too far though.
0: That's awesome. I uh, I I used to live with uh, friends, and I I had some like the greatest times like uh, of my life, just getting into like the most random shit at like the most random times of the day.
1: Oh yeah, it's never a dull moment living with uh, these guys. That <laughs> much I can say
0: How did you guys all meet Was it just through going to shows Or you guys know each other um, Like in high school
1: uh, Literally just shows So Ryan I met going to shows At the Che Cafe I, If I recall correctly We met at a uh, turnstile show At the Che uh, Turnstile, Downpressor, stigmata, angel dust And then just kept seeing him there And just connected and whatnot. Uh, and then he played, uh, in this band frustrated for a little bit. So I knew him through that too. Um, Gino was in like the similar friend group that frustrated was in. So I met him through that. Uh, and then Michael, I met him, uh, when he was playing guitar and abused. I think he mentioned that in his, uh, interview. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, frustrated, uh, I'm sure you you went to
1: the dad's den. Yeah, went there uh, a good amount of times.
0: I went there one time, and it was it was a cool experience. But like I remember, um, funny enough, uh, Cool Side was playing there that night. It was like uh, Cool Side, Drug Control, and um, man, it was like some bands from like the Pacific Northwest. I can't remember um who the bands were.
1: I was more than likely at that show. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I, it was like, I think it was
1: like, was it uh one of the bands uh, singled out? Does that sound familiar?
0: Honestly, I, I couldn't
1: tell you. Okay. Yeah, I was more than likely at that show because I saw Cool Side there like a good amount of times.
0: Yeah, I, I remember like at, at the time, n- none of my friends liked Cool Side, so nobody wanted to go. So I said, fuck it, I'm just going to drive out because... Um, at that point, they like you know barely even played, and I had heard about the dad's den before, so I, I guess it was like a good time to go check it out. And I remember like thinking it was like you know like crazy that um, they were having shows in their garage, just because I could never imagine like you know hosting something like that, just because I'd be too paranoid about like you know something breaking or something like going horribly wrong.
1: Yeah, to my knowledge, there were a few things that did get broken, like during the uh the life cycle of that garage um definitely a like big risk throwing not just shows but like you know hardcore shows where everything is literally based on like aggression and whatnot uh that's not for uh not for everyone to host shows in like their literal household
0: yeah it's something i would never do like I, i Uh, told the story on on the podcast before but I remember I I went to this house show and and like this girl literally had the show like in her living room and I could not believe that her parents allowed it Um, I can't believe she thought it was a good idea and uh, her her carpet just got ruined that was like the one thing that I just remembered and I was I I
1: can't even fathom like that shit like I get stressed out like our, our apartment is like a big hangout spot with like all of our friends okay and uh i get stressed out sometimes uh we'll host like uh thanksgiving christmas like parties and whatnot so it's cool to just get everyone together but like the entire time i'm just like kind of like stress of like like throwing away trash and like keeping everything like neat and whatnot and like not like kind of like people not being too loud because we have had like we have been loud in like the past uh and like have had like cops calling this so I'm not like trying to like build that reputation you know so like there's like like it is a good time but at the same time there's always like this like anxiety like building up inside me of like just wanting everything like to go chill so being able to like throw shows in like a house like I would I personally would like never do that I would need a venue
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I would like prefer that uh, just cause It gets too hot in garages. uh, Like, like I I don't think I've ever been to a garage show where I wish it was in in a real venue because I'd just end up just like super sweaty and feeling gross.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like definitely like a time and place for like house shows. Like, they can just pop off and it'll be like a super cool time. But then there's other shows where like it would work if it was it would work better if it was in a established venue with like a good PA system and adequate lighting and like a stage.
0: So uh, have you always lived in San Diego?
1: Uh no, so I lived here when I was younger and then I moved when I was in like 4th grade to uh good old Hemet, California. Damn. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> I I love getting people's reactions when I just say that word Hemet. Because they can either go like, oh, where is that? Like, I've never heard of it. Or they have heard of it. And their immediate reaction is, like, genuine, like, disgust.
0: You know, I have driven through there a bunch of times. And, like, long time ago, I used to be in a hardcore band. And we got books to play in Hemet. It was at this uh, roller rink. I don't even remember the name
1: oh. of this. The wheelhouse.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go. The wheelhouse. (laughs) And I remember I was so stoked because I because at the time it like MySpace was a big thing. So I randomly um, sent the promoter like a message. I was like, hey, I noticed you guys don't have any like locals like on the show. Can my band like drive out and play? And it was um, I'm trying to think of the lineup. It was know the score. uh, Steel Nation fight like hell and um somebody else i can't remember but i remember being so excited because there was a stage and it it was like like a pretty big space and i remember my band uh, we were the only ones to play on the stage and all the other bands for some weird reason um just played on the floor and like the whole night i couldn't like figure out why i was like man did i just like not get the memo (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, so whenever I hear Hemet or anybody mention it, like that's like the memory that you know comes to mind is me playing out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go to like too many shows within the Hemet area. Um I was like in the like my, my early like high school years, so like it was like it was like a new thing to me, so I didn't really know like too many of like the bands, like the local bands or like the local venues and then my parents were also kind of like, uh, like kind of like weirded out by like, Oh, this is like, you've never like done this before. So it was like kind of new to them too. But, uh, I, I only ever went to one show at the wheelhouse and it was like, I was like Lionheart headlining Donny Brook, and then, uh, sovereign strength, but, uh, I think it was uh on a school night so i i just stayed for sovereign strength in donnybrook and then left before lionheart but i don't really like that man so it was no loss sure. uh I think there was a in the uh, right next to my high school there's like a big shopping center with a walmart super center where just all the kids would just fucking bum around and whatnot uh there was a pizza place called pizza factory there and they would hold shows sometimes. I don't know how it went about organizing or like, who was like responsible for just holding shows inside the pizza place. Like they would move like all the tables and everything. But I saw like, uh, a few like local shows there too. Uh, specifically, uh, this band deer life. I, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I think they're from like Hacienda Heights. Uh, them and the I think this other band, over there, uh, Women and Children Die First, <laughs> It's like super throwback bands. But yeah, yeah, I didn't go to I didn't go to too many there. Um, I actually before I had friends and also my own license. Before I had friends who could drive, uh, my like once my parents were like cool with me like going to shows. Uh, I would actually they would actually be cool with taking me. And some of my friends and my brother to shows down at Soma, uh, the epicenter that was in also in San Diego, the glass house in Pomona uh, and uh, Chain Reaction as well. So shout out to my parents for being cool with taking us, like driving like an hour and a half, like one way for us to go to the show and then. I know my my mom would just like bring like her laptop with her and just chill out of Starbucks for like a few hours while we were at the show and then come and get us like when it was over.
0: Yeah. Shout out to your parents for doing that. Cause I think that's really awesome. It reminds me when I was in high school, uh, when I was like still getting into hardcore, I, I had this friend, um, his name is, uh, Patrick and he eventually dropped out, sold out, you know, did his thing, but I'll never forget, uh, his dad took us, um, took me, him, and one of our other friends to go see Terror. It was my first time ever seeing Terror, and I was like so like pumped up because I was like hell yeah! Like I never thought I'd be able to see this band, and like his dad was just so down like to have us like you know uh, go out there and like you know, have a good time. And I'll like you know never forget that. And I was always like thankful for his dad being like super chill to like do that for us.
1: Oh yeah. It's like they're definitely like the reason like I was able to like you know, see like so many bands and shows and like when I was in like high school too, I was like pretty big into like like going to like warp tour and whatnot. So the fact that they were down to like front me money for that and like granted I would like do stuff to like help out around the house and like you know, like earn money like through that, but uh the fact that they were like down to do it like as like to the best of their ability like I really, really appreciated it. It wasn't until like, it was like my junior year of high school. So this is like 2008 around then, 2008, 2009 I had friends who were like seniors who had like their own cars and license and whatnot. So I was able to go with them. And then once I got my own license and car, like I was able to just do it like own free will. What a feeling that was.
0: Just curious, when was the last time you went to Warp Tour?
1: It was shit, I think it was was it 2017? I got in for free. Uh I was like the only reason I went. It was the year that Hatebreed played.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was t- 2017 cuz that was actually the um last time I went to.
1: Yeah, uh that was a cool year. Um, I think it was like hate Breed, the Acacia Strain, uh, microwave was pretty cool. I'm a, I used to be a super big dance Gavin dance head, so like but like the Kurt Travis era. okay. So I know they still play songs from that from uh, the two records that he was on. so I caught a little bit of their set. Uh, shit, who else played? I saw a little bit of Knocked loose um yeah I'm, I I don't really remember who else played oh that was the year Waka Flocka played <laughs> okay I like can't like saw him in like the like the back like trailer and like bus area he had like people with him but he wasn't like down to like take photos or anything like that it's like damn so close
0: I remember yeah. so, uh, I went that year because I I used to work for this um Uh, like printing company um in Orange County, and one of my buddies uh he's like the the merch guy for the Ghost Inside, and he asked me if I wanted to help him uh work with uh falling in reverse to just to do merch for them uh for one day in Pomona. So I I told him I was down just because I wanted to um do merch and just like kind of hang out with him and that day I only was, well, like I was able to see knock loose and then I watched neck deep, but we were set up like right by main stage. So I, I like saw every band that played main stage.
1: Yeah. You're yeah. just like right there.
0: Yeah. It was kind of annoying. Cause like there'd be <laughs> like, literally it'd be like, I I I'd know for like the next like 40 minutes, I couldn't talk to Danny cause it'd be too loud just cause the music would be blaring and everybody would be like screaming. So uh, it was a weird experience. Yeah, sounds like a
1: good time. I had to stop by, like I remember swinging by the fucking uh, falling Universe, uh like merch area just to see what, what was going on. It was like right during like their meet and greet too. So I was like, oh shit, that's him in the flesh. You know, Ronnie himself.
0: <laughs> that day uh, in Pomona, they didn't do a meet and greet, but people kept coming up to the tent. They're like, Hey, what time's the meet and greet? And there's like, there's not a meet and greet here today. Like, uh, go away.
1: Yeah. If there was, it'd be on like a little whiteboard that says it like the time.
0: Yeah. And it it was so strange too, because like we got like, um, two tents and we only needed one. So we just kind of try to spread everything out and, and it, it just kind of like didn't make sense. We had like this big open space. We we eventually just set up like the merch tubs um, as like chairs, and we just had our friends come hang out.
1: Word, just chill. Oh. Yeah, like I like I like going to warp when I was like younger, but like going like thank God I got him for free because like I wouldn't pay for that shit like regardless of who was playing, but uh it was just. It's just too much. (laughs) It's like, it's too hot, like, lasts all day, and like, it's just too much going on. I just can't handle it. Maybe I'm just getting too old.
0: I don't know what it was about, like, me liking it when I was younger to now. Like, I, I, like, look at the lineup, and and there's, like, literally, like, no band that would, um, I would actually want to drive and go have to experience a festival for. I'm like, yeah. I'm at the point now where I'm just like, uh, I was like, I kind of want to see that band, but I'll just wait till they come back, like on like a tour. I I don't want to go to a festival.
1: Yeah, and like an actual like venue setting too, because like outdoor like festival type doesn't do like the live show justice.
0: Yeah, because normally they're like shorter sets, and sometimes the sound can be pretty bad.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially like so many like stages like within close proximity of one another. Like it's just it's just too much.
0: Speaking of uh, festivals, uh, I'm assuming you're going to San Fury next week.
1: Yes, sir. Okay. I was like stressing out because I'm a general manager of a uh, Jamba Juice. Shout out Jamba Juice. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I was like stressing out. High, like super hard because uh, San Diego Pride falls on that same weekend Mm -hmm. and I have like a good amount of like my staff are like LGBTQ um, and whatnot so they were all looking forward to like taking like the time off and you know go see the Pride Parade and whatnot and uh, I like you know like first come first serve when it comes to like requests and whatnot but like a lot of my management needed it off and I was like oh fuck like I Like, like granted, I'm, like, you know, I'm top dog. I, like, I run the shit and whatnot, but I don't want to be, like, unfair to my employees because that's bad for morale. Uh, so I was, like, stressing out super high key, like, super hard, and I was, like, yo, like, reaching out to other stores. I was, like, I need someone to work my store on Saturday. Like, I need it. And I was like, reaching the point to where I was going to, like, offer, like, 50 bucks or something like that to, like, just get someone to do it. Like, I didn't give a shit who... But uh, I got it figured out. I will be there this weekend. Very, very excited. I've never seen Have Heart before. Uh, So it's gonna be very, very surreal seeing them. Uh, I'm very excited that the boys in Drain, shout out Santa Cruz Hardcore, uh, are a part of the fest. We. We're all making waves for them last year, just trying to get them noticed by Sound and Fury. And then, surely enough, all of, all of our uh, punishing tweets and whatnot uh, worked out. Not saying that's the whole reason that they got on, because they are an incredibly talented group of people, and I love them very much. But uh, I'm glad they're getting the recognition. Yeah, getting the recognition that they deserve.
0: Hell yeah. Um, kind of want to back it up for a second. Um, you said you've never seen Have Heart. Um, I remember when they announced that Have Heart was getting back together and playing the fest. I saw like people online are trying to like um, act superior to um, the fact that they've seen Have Heart before. They're trying to shame like the younger generation who wasn't around when Have Heart was active. I'm just curious, um, did you experience any of that um, at all?
1: Um, no. Like, I was into them when like they were active, but like I listened to them and whatnot. I had like uh, songs to "Scream of the Sun" and like "The Things We Carry" like on my iPod and whatnot. But it wasn't enough to like where I wanted. Like, I wasn't like into them enough to like where I wanted to like see them live because I was like a stupid little like metalcore kid at the time. I was like, fuck, that, like. 2007 2008 uh but uh no like I didn't I didn't see too much on my timeline of people like kind of like acting like like elitist attitudes and whatnot it was more so people that were just bitter that they missed out on a ticket because it was taken up by people who want to see have heart and those people that don't have a ticket felt as though The people who just want to see have heart didn't deserve like their sound and fury pass and i'm like that's not like it's like equal opportunity like they have every right to be there just as much as like you do and like it sucks that you don't have a pass but you know like at that point you're just crying about it
0: did you have a trouble getting uh and fury passes when they got released
1: not at all i uh, hit up the pre-sale i always do I have no um, issues with buying Sound and Fury, like, tickets or pass, like, ahead of time before the lineup comes out, because I know it's always going to be, like, a quality, like, lineup. And I'm, like, I'm in San Diego. I'm, like, I mean, with traffic, I'm, like, two and a half, three hours away. Like, it's not that far. And it's always more, like, yeah, the Fest is sick, but it's also cool just seeing everyone and kicking it and all of that, so... Yeah, I grabbed, I snagged one of the pre-sale ones. Uh, I think they did that before they announced Have Heart.
0: Yeah, the, it, was like, it was
1: like it was like a day before or something like that.
0: Yeah, they they, they shut out like the email. It was like that Thursday. They're like, "Hey, pre-sale going to be up." It was only for like a couple hours.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. It was like for like four hours or so. It was like eighty something bucks. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, why wouldn't I? You know, uh, I'm not too big on like the after shows and whatnot. Just because, like, if you're – I'm at, a, like, a hardcore fest, like, all day. Like, like I don't really want to go to, like, another show that starts at, like, 11 and is going to stretch all the way until, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. Last year, I went to the Cold Cold World War Hungry show, and it was fucking sick. And I'm, I mainly just went because War Hungry and Cold World, like, it's not every day that they play. And who knows, you know, when they're going to, like, come out to, like, Los Angeles again. So I went to that one. It did stretch out like pretty late. But this year, uh, I kind of just see the after shows, especially with this fest of like selling out so fast. It's kind of more so for people who maybe missed out on like the fest pass. And like with these after shows, they can at least get like a taste of it.
0: I'm definitely in the same boat as you when it comes to after shows. Last year I went to the Eco Strike show. Um and like last minute they added like three bands.
1: Oh, dude, I heard about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like one band had like technical difficulties and took forever to fix. And like I think we walked out of that bar at like one thirty in the morning.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh my drummer Gino. He went to was that the Triple B Showcase one? Yeah, this is Eco Strike. Yeah, uh, I think he went to that because Candy is like one of his favorite bands right now. I believe they are playing that, but he's like texting our group chat like about it, and he's like, "Dude, they just added like these fucking bands, and like this shit was like just barely just started. Like this shit's gonna go on for like until like four in the morning." I was like, "Yo, have fun with that."
0: Yeah, like I was. I'm chilling I, the Airbnb. <laughs> one point, I was like sitting at the bar, like nodding off because I was so tired.
1: Dude, it's exhausting. Like you know, we're literally at a hardcore fest that you know doors are like at what noon, one o'clock, and it stretches like all day. Like it's it's tiring.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what, what? What I'm curious about is. Uh, Last year, like up in the the balcony area, I feel like there was always like so many empty seats, so it was always like a cool option to go up there and chill and maybe like catch a set from up there. I wonder if this year if it's gonna be more packed since like it sold out.
1: Yeah, I mean did I don't know if last year sold out. I think if it did, it was like within like the last like week or two that before the fest, but um i mean like throughout the day seating up there wasn't an issue at all it was more so like at nighttime because i think they also stopped like the re-entry and whatnot because um, i was up in the balcony for some bands i saw citizen rotting out up there and it was like pretty packed to where i like couldn't sit i was just like standing leaning against the rail um i feel like it'll be the same this year like yeah this the fest is sold out but face facts. There's like a lot of people who are just going to go just to see have heart. Um, so maybe they'll get there later in the evening. Um, that's like kind of what I'm expecting anyhow. But, uh, I just hope that in regards to the Belasco, it's a wonderful venue. I liked it a lot more than the Regent. but, uh, my only grab is like the, uh, the smaller stage upstairs of like getting in and out of that single doorway. And then like the overlapping set times, I understand like there's like, you know, deadlines like the show's got to be over by a certain time, all this shit. But it kind of just sucked with like two bands that you wanted to see with overlapping set times and then getting in and out of like that small room upstairs. It was just like such a hassle. It was like like the overlapping set times just reminded me of some like Warped Tour shit like one band's playing on one stage and then this other band you want to see is playing on a different stage at like the same time. And you have to like catch like a little bit of one set and then go to the other.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. Last year I was downstairs. I caught like, I think maybe two songs of trail of lies and then I had a rush upstairs to see Distort. And then all, I also had, had a factor getting back out of that room to catch the next band on the big stage. So, like,
1: dude, it, it was yeah, it's definitely it's so like a nightmare. Many people for one small doorway. Yeah. Like, it, like it's, I, it's I, so I, insane. It was so stressful. Like, I think it was a uh, day by day and war hungry, like, overlapped. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> But that That is one thing I did like about the region, though. It was just one stage. And, you know, you're just in that room the whole time. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you ever go um, to Sound and Fury when I was at, like, the um, Earl Warren showgrounds?
1: Uh, only once. Uh, 2012. That was my first Sound and Fury.
0: You know, that was one that I missed. <laughs> because my roommate at the time uh, left without me. I was so mad. <laughs> um, but um going back to that that venue i i liked that they had like the two stages like you know side by side so you're it was just basically bouncing back and forth so um it wasn't like you know we didn't have to deal with like getting in and out of like some random room with one doorway
1: yeah earl warren was cool it, it just got really hot in that big tent um but i liked it for what it was uh It was interesting like at that time of like i i didn't know like too many bands that were on like the fest i found out about a lot of bands um and i didn't really know anyone at the scene at the time either so it was it was just uh kind of interesting just seeing like my first like hardcore fest and not really like knowing what's going on or anything like that uh but a lot of good bands that weekend it was minority units last show that was fucking huge i was really really big into uh, touche amore okay uh at that time so seeing them uh then to like where they are now is like fucking insane um do you see basement played dude yes basement played and then they're gonna be playing this year so that's gonna be really cool too so i'm excited to see them play uh older songs because i kind of like admittedly fell off with them uh but was it um uh, Wish I Could Stay Here, Color Me In Kindness, incredible records.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, skipped a couple of records, but I feel like the, the last record they put out was actually
1: really good. Yeah, perhaps I'll just stop being an idiot and, like, go visit it. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be like, why the fuck was I sleeping so long?
0: But that's the cool <laughs> thing about music is that it's, like, always there. And, you know, I feel like... Um, you just kind of kind of just have to find it like when you're ready because like there's Deli records where i've listened to and i didn't really like it but like in time like you know i don't know like with my taste just like shifts a little and then like things like make more sense to me and then i end up liking it more so i guess oh yeah it. absolutely but OK, so we definitely went um, way off the path, which is totally fine. Uh, I just wanted to talk about um, more slow decay. so you guys put out uh, Fragments of Pleasure last year. And I feel like it just um, it's basically been like a little over a year since you guys released it. Um, do you guys have plans to put out any new music or have you guys already recorded stuff and you're just waiting?
1: Yeah, so we dropped that. Uh, beginning of June last year. Um, at the time, we do have some like newer songs written, and some of them we do play live. Um, it's just a matter of time of like I wanna put, I wanna write like one or two more and just like put out, put out like a four, maybe five song EP. Um, let's get that out there. It's a little hard because I do work a lot, uh, being in management, and like so do like my bandmates and whatnot. We all, we're all adults. We all have shit going on. Um, in addition to that, Michael has Palace. Um, Gino and Ryan have Absence of Mind, and they just dropped their LP that they've been focusing on for a long time, and it's been getting incredible, like reception. Uh, I mean, both like good and bad, but yeah, I, like any press is like good press. Hell yeah! And, like, I, in in their case right now.
0: I feel like it definitely sent, like, you know, crazy shockwaves, like, through Twitter. And uh, for me, it was weird because I, you know, been a fan since I did that interview with Angel. And I, you know, listened to the new record when it dropped. And I was like, okay, like, I I can definitely get into this. And then I I just saw, like, a ton of love, like, day one. And then I don't don't know if, um, like, the haters just didn't... um, Get it on day one or if it became cool to hate overnight but then like literally the next day i just saw like the opposite i just saw like a ton of people like you know throwing like shade and like talking trash on the record and I was just like, I never really like to get, um, like, you know, too involved in drama. So I, I just, you know, sit back just mind my own business cause you know, whatever people can have their own opinion. But it was just so crazy to me to see like so many people like, you know, speak up about how much they like hated the record.
1: Yeah. Well, so the whole thing with that, it's so funny because the like the marketing that they did leading up to it. Gino made like these advertisements and whatnot. And pretty much telling everyone you're going to hate this record. (laughs) Like they did shit with it that it's like, you know, people are not going to like it and they're okay with that because what's important is that they do like, they fuck with it super heavy. They put a lot of time and hard work into it. Um, but yeah, day one is just nothing but love from everyone. And then all it takes is like that one person to like just say something and like that person may like, you know, have like a lot of connections and then it just, it's just out there. And then boom, like, it just like, it's just like, goes like viral. But, uh, again, touching on the, any press is good press. Like, yeah, like, you know, these people are, you know, saying shit, like, oh, this shit sucks. And like, you know, all this stuff about it. But at the same time, they're taking the time to listen to it. Um, and that's really all that they want is, To just for people to hear what they've been working on for so long and if they have bad things to say about it then that's fine like they're not gonna like let it like get to them they're just gonna smile and keep on going and again it's like working out in their favor they have some like cool shit coming up literally going to japan with a modern color in november
0: yeah that's awesome that's crazy
1: yeah that that was a Crazy, that's some crazy ass shit right there. <laughs>
0: yeah, because it, it's, it's not every day that bands go to um, Japan.
1: No, nah, I mean, it's cool, like, just straight up being able to just tour and like play a show in like a different city or state, but to like literally fly to a different continent and like play shows over there, like, that's something completely else. But I'm, I love those guys with all my heart very, very happy for, uh, all the love they're getting and for what's, uh, coming up for them.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, getting back to the slow decay. So, um, <laughs> you said you, you were just talking about how you're, um, you're wanting to write more songs.
1: Yeah. How I mean, know. slow decay is like, it's not like my, my priority. Like it's, it's like, I definitely love playing shows and I love hardcore, but, um, it's not like. I wanna make it like a full time thing, you know. It's just like something to do, uh like aside from like all the shit that I have going on. And I don't wanna take too much away from like what the other guys have like going on for themselves. So I'm not sweating into items. Like if we have time to, um, then I would love to. Uh yeah, I would like to get some new shit out um uh, by the end of the year for sure. I don't wanna go too long without putting out new music.
0: Yeah, I would definitely be into that because, like, having a whole year um, with uh, that um, EP uh, is cool. <laughs> but then it's just like, man, like that came out last year, and, and those songs were like bangers. It's just like I, I, I want to hear what you guys can do now. You know.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and push for it. Uh, so Hopefully, they're down. I know Palace is like trying to work on some new stuff uh, within the coming weeks. And uh, I think AOM's like already kind of brewing up some new stuff too. So Uh, if we have the time for it.
0: Uh, I was just uh, uh, curious, the the name Fragments of Pleasure, is there like a special meaning behind that? Or did it just like sound cool?
1: Uh, I mean, I like the way it sounds. I think it sounds pretty fucking sick. But uh, at the time, uh, touching on like the title as well as the song, I was just like, going through shit for myself at the time and just realizing, like, I don't know, like the little, like the little, like good parts of, I guess, like good aspects of my life are like, I don't know, it it seemed to just like the bad outweighed the good. And I don't know, like at the time, like the good, like wasn't necessarily like enough to like offset it.
0: Okay, so you just kind of got um, literally uh, fragments of pleasure.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That, that lyric in the song, it's like fragments of pleasure, a lifetime of pain. So, like, yeah, just the bad outwing the good there.
0: Yeah, and that's that's pretty deep. Like, when I, like, um, shout out to you guys for putting lyrics on your band camp. I definitely like that a lot. I, I wish every band would do that. Um, but reading them, I was like, okay, that, that, that's pretty deep. <laughs> Thanks, man.
1: I don't, I don't find myself to be like too much of like a lyricist or like too, you know, like poetic or anything like that. But I try to do the best that I can. I don't know if you noticed, but like I don't like in like this EP, I, like I don't like swear like at all. Um, just because I feel. It can be, it can definitely be tasteful, especially within hardcore. It's like, you know, just music based around like aggression. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can definitely uh, be used like well, but uh, I feel as though like a lot of bands like use it as like a cop out, whether it's just like another syllable or just some like, or like a word to rhyme or anything like that. I kind of wanted to challenge myself to not do anything like that because in the uh, in the uh, the EP that we won't speak of after this interview uh, uh, I did that a lot because it was like my first crack at like writing lyrics or whatever and I just don't want to uh, I wanted to challenge myself to not do that this time around
0: yeah I, I definitely back that and I understand what you're saying like I um, like listen to comedians and I was listening to this uh, guy named Brendan Schaub. and he was talking about how when um, he was starting out, he was uh, using the word "fuck" a lot, and he got uh, kind of talked to by like one of like the older comedians, and they were telling him like, "Yo, like you should use less fucks so you can make the you know fucks you say actually count and like you know have power behind it." So I definitely get like what you're talking about, and I definitely back that too because it's cool. Um, to you know, uh, actually, just use uh, normal words instead of just like curse words all the time. But then um, maybe eventually slip one in and you know, have it actually be powerful.
1: Oh yeah, that's like one thing that really stuck out to me too. Not with not really within hardcore, but like even in like I don't know, like I guess like indie bands or like band, or, like softer bands like that. Like sometimes like those bands will like slip in like one fuck or something like that and like it just like hits like it's like super powerful because they don't overdo it and like with like softer music like you're you're not expecting that at all but sometimes like they just have it in there and it's like holy shit like that was good
0: so on uh fragments of uh, pleasure you use um uh i guess like a sound bite from an anime <laughs> Sam- samurai shampoo <laughs> yeah Um, i definitely thought that was awesome because i uh, watch anime and when i heard that i was like oh i like i know that guy's voice it sounds like familiar so i had to do a little research to um actually like pinpoint um who it was but then when i realized who it was i was like okay this is actually pretty awesome um can you talk about why you chose uh to pick something from samurai samurai champloo
1: yeah So there's actually two clips from that. There's like the one in like the very, very beginning of the EP. And then right after, right at the end of FOP, there's another clip that's from a different episode of Samurai Champloo. But um, it was just like, I'm like not the biggest like anime head um, in comparison to like other people I might, that I know and like associate with, but Samurai Champloo has always been a show that's like stuck out to me super hard uh, as a kid. Um, like the hip hop, like influence of like, like the fighting styles in the show as well as the soundtrack. Um, it's just something that always appealed to me. And I thought it was just like the most badass thing like I've ever seen at the time and still holds up to this day. Um I'll like run through like the whole show uh, every now and then when I'm like out of stuff to watch, I'll just like revisit it. So I was like digging through like searching on like Google of like, there's like those websites that will be like, like wiki quote and whatnot, of, like super good quotes from that show. Cause there's like so many good ones. Uh, uh, and yeah, I just came across like those soundbites. I was like, yo, this would be perfect to just throw in there. And I was a big fan of like growing up, uh, in like, you know, like the mid two thousands, like sound clips from like shows, movies, like where it was like such uh it was like such a popular thing. Um uh, thing like mainly like I know like Suicide Silence did that shit and uh Kill Whitney Dead as well. Um so I kinda just wanted wanted like bring it back to that as well. I thought it was like a cool thing. Some, like I know some of those bands would even just throw a sample in the middle of a song, like right before a breakdown or something. We <laughs> didn't go as like ambitious as that, just like in the beginning of like the song in the EP. But it was still something I really, really wanted to do.
0: I um, like that you did that, and also at the the end of the EP, you kind of kept like the hip hop theme going because you had that uh, the, the gang star
1: at, yeah
0: at the <laughs> end. So um, was that like? on purpose? Did you want to keep like that, you know, that like little theme of hip hop going or was there like another reason you picked that song?
1: Yeah. Uh, specifically Michael, Michael and I actually really, really enjoy Gangstar. And, uh, we, we talked about it at one point, we wanted to have like some sort of like, <clears throat> like a hip hop, like beat or like sample to like, just like fade out. Like once, like the EP ends and I was like, yo, let's do mass appeal. Like that'd be fucking sick. And yeah, we just took like that beat, just threw it at the end, and that was that.
0: Yeah, I th- I thought it was cool. You guys started, <laughs> you know, the, the the EP with the Samurai Champlu um, hip hop, and then like you guys ended it with Gangstar. I I don't know if like a lot of people like um you know caught that stuff, but I I was really into it.
1: It made me really happy when we put it out, and people specifically pointed out either the the shampoo sample or the gangstar sample i was like yo that's what's up that's like yeah. i like yeah like i wanted like feedback of like the ep itself but i also wanted people to get like those nods as well
0: oh yeah and um people who listen who actually mentioned like the gangstar when you know they're actually listening
1: oh yeah <laughs> they're listening from like start to finish granted it's not a long ep but some people will just like listen to like the first like 30 seconds and then like turn it off or something like that's that's like uh evident with like the spotify like i'll check like the spotify stats too and it's like the uh obviously like the like the first half of like any sort of release is gonna have more plays than like the back half
0: yeah because i feel so. like people just get like like bored or they want to just like listen to something else
1: yeah it's like oh like this band just dropped something i'll check it out for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was cool. And then maybe just, like, visit it at a later time, which is fine.
0: Yeah, do you um, keep up with, like, your Spotify stats?
1: Yeah, I check it every now and then. It's kind of cool to just see mainly uh, where people are listening to us. I find that really, really cool.
0: Okay. I used to um, get obsessed, like, when I would – when I started my – actual website I would get obs- like obsessed to see like who's clicking from where and yeah. and then I was like okay I was like I just need to not focus on that because um, I was like getting like you know too obsessed I'd be like trying to like uh, you know look at people's like IP addresses to see if I knew <laughs> like who it was and I was like all right, I need to spend my time do, like doing other stuff and then I started doing the podcast and I almost got like sucked back into that hole cuz um, like I did the podcast and like, um, I never looked at them, but then, uh, I forgot who it was, but, um, somebody that I had on asked, um, about like the, um, analytics. So I, I kind of like was hesitant to go look, but I did <laughs> dive and back into that. Yeah. So like, I, I like looked real quick and like kind of told him like, what he wanted to know. And then I just kind of deleted the app. I was like, I don't really want to know right now, maybe, like maybe in the future, but I was like, I just need to stay away and just kind of, um, let it be you know people are gonna listen if they choose to if not, it's all good. You know, we're always gonna be here
1: Yeah, you don't want to get too sucked into that because then you'll just drive yourself insane with like oh Why aren't people like you know then if like the numbers aren't like like satisfactory for yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, especially with this like I'm finding um, you know people are just kind of like stumbling upon it like, you know at the most random times and people are actually going back in the catalog and listening to like older stuff so it's just like I, i'm like obviously this is like newer for me like you know numbers and stuff so it's just like I, I yeah i can't be too like obsessed about that right now
1: yeah it's definitely cool that you're just doing it at all so thank like you like when uh when i uh, michael had told me about it um, and then I had learned that like Sal and Xavier had also done this as well. I was like looking through like the catalog and I was like, you actually like have hit like a lot of like pretty like noteworthy bands. I was like, oh, this shit, like this dude's doing it. This is sick.
0: I'm going to be honest. Um, at first, it was uh, like obviously just an idea. And then like things started to, um, you know, start moving. And I was um, like, I was afraid to see it be um, like a thing. So I would take weeks off. Like I, I would purposely um, try to like do things like super last minute knowing they wouldn't come together. So I wouldn't have to do the podcast. But then some of my friends um, kind of just like pushed me in the right direction the right like you got something good here like stop being lazy and just like do it because like you know people are going to be into it just you just have to like, be consistent so um, shout out to um, my friends for pushing me in the right direction and shout out to everybody who is um, willing to give me the time and come on the podcast because everybody that I've had on has been like super like you know nice and I'm like very grateful to everybody that's been on
1: yeah man shout out to your friends for uh, pushing you and Yeah, from what I've talked to, you know, Michael and Sal and X, like, they all said, like, it was really cool, easy to talk to. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I've never been, like, interviewed really before, so it's, like, also, like, new to me, so I didn't really know, like, what to expect too much. But, yeah, it's been sick. Keep doing what you're doing.
0: Thank you. And I I definitely get that a lot, Um, like, this, like, form of media, like, people are, like, you know, doing it for the first time. And I always just try to keep it, um, you know, same vibes with everybody. Just be myself and, uh, n- like, not try to have people on for the wrong reasons. Because I feel like sometimes, um, like, I've, I've definitely gotten the vibe that people thought that, like, I was trying to get them on to do, like, gotcha media uh, or f- like you know other weird reasons but like literally everybody that I've had on or want to have on is because I'm a fan of like whatever they're um you know doing like their craft like music like you know food whatever like um their craft is like I want to have them on because I'm a fan
1: cool well thanks man thanks for uh, ha- having me
0: yeah it's really no, cool no to hear that yeah uh Love San Diego. Um, I uh, like always have to ask people from San Diego about um, Fight Fair because I'm, I'm a huge Fight Fair fan. I, th- I think they're one of the best bands to come out of San Diego ever. Uh, I'm just curious, do you have an opinion on them? Did you ever listen to them? Do you hate them?
1: So, honestly, I never really listened to them. Uh, okay, I have friends who were into them, uh, and whatnot, but on, I, I just nothing against them. I, I didn't like them. I just literally, I don't think I've ever heard any of their music.
0: For sure. Um, okay. And there's another band that was from San Diego, um, like back in the day, this band called Masterpiece. I don't know if you ever heard of them.
1: Masterpiece, I have not, no. What kind of band were they?
0: There's like a hardcore band. Um, uh, but at the time, like I was like younger, wasn't really like super social. So like they they would um, come out. I think like the last time I saw them was in like Riverside. I think they played with like uh, Mongoloids and Bitter End. Um, oh damn! Yeah, it was like a long time ago. But I, I just I, I was always curious about like what like where those guys are because like they put out good music. Um, but I just never knew um, who they were or how to get in contact with them. So like whenever I talk to anybody from San Diego, like um, those are like the two bands that I have to ask about.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, in today's day and age with like 10 year reunions and whatnot, it's not a strange thing for just bands to just, (laughs) just start up again out of nowhere. It's kind of crazy to see. So I don't know, maybe, (laughs) maybe one day it'll happen.
0: Yeah. Or maybe they'll, um, hear this since I asked about them so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. Yeah. Um,
0: so, I, I follow you on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and I see you, uh, like, you know, posting about um, video games, and I was just curious, uh, I, I saw you posting about um, Smash Brothers, I, I just wanted to know, um, like, who do you um, main, and how good <laughs> do you think you are?
1: Um, so, yeah, I was actually, we were just, like, kicking it with, like, everyone last night, 4th of July, and uh, we were at my friend's house, and we were just running some games on the... Smash Ultimate, but so I've always stuck with like the same mains, like the same the main three since like the very first Smash Brothers. So straight up Link, Captain Falcon, Fox. Those are my main three. Okay. Um, as the games have went on, I've thrown uh, Greninja into the mix. Okay. Greninja's really cool. Um, and then also, I fucking love Duck Hunt. Oh. Duck Hunt <laughs> is such a fun. Character to play as, because I just piss people off with them. Yeah,
0: I I hate that stupid little can,
1: dude. (laughs) That's that's exactly what it is. Like, I I know exactly like how many like times to press B and like the the timing in between them to just nail someone. Okay, like and it's it never like ceases to like make me laugh when, like, people get, like, pissed off at that shit. I love it.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I always, like, get, like, weary. So I'm like, damn it, like, I can't rush in because he has that stupid that he's going to hit me with.
1: Yeah, yeah. shout-out Duck Hunt. Okay. Great, great-ass great character. Um, yeah, I love Smash Brothers. I've been playing it since I was a kid, like, the N64 days. Never had it on the N64. We would always rent it from Blockbuster. Um, but once... My family got a GameCube, we got Melee, and it was just, like, just constantly on that shit, and just, we unlocked all the characters super quick, and, like, all the the event matches, and, like, doing classic and adventure mode with everyone. Uh, Yeah, that that game is, like, incredible.
0: I love it. I remember, um, it's funny that you mentioned Blockbuster because I never owned the original Smash either. I, I remember I would like beg my mom to take me to Blockbuster because I'd be like, it might be in like today. Like, can we please just go check? And <laughs> I, I remember the, um, like, obviously like I was a kid so I wasn't that smart back then. But my mom decided to call before we went and they actually had it um, in stock to rent. So she had them hold it. Um, but she, she told me she was like, "Hey, like, I'll go get it for you. Like, you know, it's your and the wait till I get home from work to play it." And I was like, "No, like, I'll just go with you. Like, it'll be fine." And um, she was going to work, so she told me she's like, "If you come with me, you have to stay at my work till I get off. Like, you can't go home because there's nobody to take you back home." And I, I told her that, that I, I didn't care. So I, I remember we went to Blockbuster, got the game, and then I had to sit at her work for like eight hours. And. When I got home, I was so tired. I didn't even play it till I got home from school the next day.
1: Because <laughs> you just, it's that instant gratification as a kid. Like, even if, like, you can't play it, like, you have it in your hands. And, you know, you're looking at, like, the cartridge and, like, whatever it comes with. Like, I know sometimes it came with, like, the instruction booklet and whatnot, too. But, no, I totally feel that. Yeah. You just yeah. you just needed it right then and there.
0: Yeah. And um, I, I just thought it was, like, the greatest idea. I'm like, whoever thought of this is, like, a genius, you know, getting all these, like, iconic characters from different games to to come join together for what was supposed to be, like, a party game, but it turned into, like, this crazy, like, you know, like you This know, esports
1: phenomenon. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking insane. It just got,
0: like, sucked into, like, this whole different world. Yeah, straight up. Do you follow, uh, like, any of, like, the pro players at all?
1: Admittedly, I don't. Um I'm not too familiar with it at all. Um, I kind of like fell off a lot with like gaming stuff, but I do like to hop on YouTube every now and then. I don't follow any Twitch streamers, but I'll go on YouTube and uh, look up like um, videos from past uh, GDQ events. Okay. Because I've like uh, in the past few months, I've been really, really fascinated with uh, kind of like the science behind speed running. And like all the different ways that like these people have uh, go about speedrunning video games, whether it's through glitch means or like legitimate, like no glitch or anything, low percent, one hundred percent, all that shit. Like it's insane to me that these people can like figure these things out, and it's really really cool that they have like this community in which they're com- they're communicating with one another on. All of these different strategies to help better each other and like uh, I just I just think it's really really cool um, My favorite video game of all time is the legend of Zelda a link to the past for the Super Nintendo okay, and there was uh, These two runners who each did like their own run of that game in which one of them did a uh, low percentage swordless run of that game, which it's a Zelda game, like, you know, like the sword is like the master sword, is like literally like the icon of that game, aside from like the Triforce or whatever. But like the idea of running through a Zelda game without a sword and like having to use all the other items in the game to like beat it was like mind blowing to me where like I had to watch it. And then this other one was the same game, but it was uh, I think it was a modded ROM on, played on an emulator, so it was a one-hit kill. Like, regardless of how many hearts you had, if you got hit, like, you died right then. And, there. and that game, when you beat it, it tells you at the very end, like, how many times uh, you died and uh, also, like, saved and quit. So, like, I remember when I first beat that game, it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, in the hundreds. So the fact that someone can run through this game, like without getting hit once, so it was fucking mind-blowing to me.
0: I'm just really curious, um, because, like, most people, when they talk about Zelda, people, like, you know, prop up, like, Ocarina of Time, so for you to not say that that one's your favorite, um, you yeah, know, I, I think it's I receive
1: like- a lot of shit for that, so... Uh, I never played Ocarina of Time, like, during, like, the N64 time, and I tried to, like, visit it. I bought it on, like, when I had, like, the... It's either Wii or Wii U. I had bought it on like the like the the shop channel, whatever. Okay. I tried playing it and like there's just games that just don't age that well. And to me, Ocarina of Time was one of them. Like I just didn't really like enjoy it. And I know that they did like a remastered version, I think it was like what for the 3DS. But uh, yeah, I just don't think like the original game aged that well to the point where I would enjoy playing it. Whereas Like, so many games nowadays, especially with uh, these indie developers, are taking on to, like, retro graphics and, like, top-down and, like, you know, like, 32-bit and whatnot. It's, like, working out in their favor because, like, nostalgia is such, like, a huge thing now. Uh, And that's why I love Link to the Past so much because I will never, ever get tired of that game and, like, how deep it is. And it also, like, it's just timeless. It's It it will just always look good.
0: Are you a fan of, uh, like, Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild. Uh,
1: I never played Twilight Princess. My brother had it on the Wii, um, but it looked pretty cool. It was like a, a darker take from like what it looked like. But holy shit, I love Breath of the Wild. That game was so good, like so so good. Okay. Like all the like all the little things in it. Because I was a big I'm a big fan of the Elder Scrolls series as well as uh, Fallout. So like these open world like games in which like crafting and whatnot. And then like all like the little things too, whether it's like, you know, like weather and things like that, like in that game, like, uh, like all like the clothing you had to wear and like all the shit, like I thought it was like, it was so cool for like, for, for like a Zelda game. Cause it wasn't like anything that had been done before within that franchise.
0: Yeah. It was definitely like a, um, awesome. Like new take on Zelda, so I, I definitely had like a lot of fun with that, and I'm actually really surprised that they're like you know working on the sequel to the Breath of the Wilds like so soon.
1: Yeah, I uh, it was like what right at the end of the E3 showing, it was just like Breath of the Wild Two is now currently in development, and then the internet exploded. Uh, but no, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for that. I'm definitely gonna get that like like right when it drops i remember uh when so i had uh, first bought a switch i i didn't intend on buying one until like literally the day before <laughs> they had went on sale and i didn't like pre-order anything but uh some uh two friends and i went to a uh, game stop here in san diego in which they had 11 left over and so we started we like lined up at like Shit, it was like 6 p.m. and they weren't going to go on sale till midnight. Uh, And it was like maybe an hour after we were waiting. And then the manager came out and he was like, all right, we only have 11. So like you first 11 that are waiting in line, we're going to give you this card that has a number on it. And you pretty much got yours so you don't have to wait in line for these few hours. I was like, fucking thank you. (laughs) So we got to eat and like chill and not stand in line at a fucking mall for a few hours and then came back got the console got breath of the wild it was a it was a great night
0: so why the sudden interest in getting a switch like so late into like it's like you know um, like release
1: honestly I think it was uh, I was working at a different uh, Jamba location at the time and like my one of my leads was like super super into it and he was just like talking to me more about it and I like, like over time, I just got like more interested in it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy one. Fuck it. And so I did.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> have you heard of that? Um, it was like a newer Zelda game that just came out. It was called a uh, um, Cadence of Hyrule. It's like it's kind of like a rhythm game.
1: Uh, I have not, no. Um, but a friend of mine, Lucy, uh, she fronts uh, Primal Right from the Bay Area. She's mm-hmm. a big 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 gamer and um she was talking to me about it and uh it has like you know like the same vibe like a zelda game which is like a little bit different but she recommended i check it out so i think i'm going to pretty soon because i uh don't have like a game that i'm like currently playing or like focusing on right now on the switch because i just beat uh celeste as well as uh i'm a big fan of the phoenix right ace attorney series So I just revisited that and played through that. So I need a new game to play. I have Undertale, and I know that it's like a really good game. And it's kind of like a spiritual successor to Earthbound, which is also one of my favorite games of all time. And I don't know why I haven't started it yet, but it's just been sitting in my Switch library for so long. And maybe I should just start it like today. (laughs) but uh i am i'm definitely going to check out um cadence a high rule um I'm, i love the zelda series
0: okay um earlier i um, you briefly mentioned that you're a fan of fallout and i remember seeing a picture of you um i think it was like for a halloween you dressed up as um somebody... holy shit.
1: <laughs> deep cut yeah
0: yeah so um I, w- I was curious uh what's your favorite fallout and um what what are your thoughts on fallout 76
1: so, straight up, New Vegas. Best Fallout game. I love New Vegas. Okay. Um, Fallout 3 was my first Fallout I ever played, but... Same um, the The... Uh, I didn't... Uh, like, and it was fun, but, like, when uh, New Vegas came around and I played through that, I just found myself enjoying it, like, way more. Um, I thought the map was a lot more interesting. I thought the story was a lot more interesting. Because uh, when I was playing Fallout 3, it was before they came out with that DLC pack that, like, Pretty much fixed the ending because the ending, the original ending of Fallout 3 was fucking awful. In which you, like, have to, uh, you're in that chamber with, like, all, like, the radiation, and, like, you either have to go in and enter the, uh, the code for, like, the water for purification thing that they had going on, or you send, I forgot that girl's name, you send her in to do it, and then it's like, that's like the good karma, bad karma choice. But, um, so I didn't really like how it was like an open world, open ended game that just ended on that. And you didn't get to continue it from there because either your character dies or the other character dies, but it just goes nowhere. So then because of like internet backlash, Bethesda had to make that DLC pack that essentially fixed the ending because they fucked up on it. But um, that being said, New Vegas, I love it. It's a super, super cool game. I don't give a shit how glitchy, like, the games, like the Elder Scrolls Fallout series are. If anything, it kind of gives it, like, like charm in a way. Uh, and then that being said, 76, uh, I was not excited for, like, at all <laughs> when they announced it. Um, mainly because I didn't enjoy Fallout Four as much as I thought I would. Um I thought it was it wasn't it didn't feel like a Fallout game that much to me. Your dialogue choices didn't matter. There was no karma system. And it all all the like all the choices like all the dialogue choices that you make, it all led to like the same result. So it just felt like nothing. Um And it was like multiple endings and whatnot, but it, it just wasn't too much of like a captivating story to me. I didn't really like the, what was it? the uh, Like making like your own base and whatnot that didn't really appeal to me. Uh, and then like going like and helping like other settlements and whatnot. It just, it, I don't know. It was just, it just didn't feel right. It felt very, very shallow. Uh But it looked really good. Um, The map was pretty big. It was fun to explore. But uh, 76, I didn't play at all. Because, I don't know, a multiplayer Fallout sounded cool. But, like, the more that I was, like, reading about it and whatnot, I was like, this doesn't sound that sick at all. And, again, I didn't like Fallout 4, and it was pretty much based, it was, like, the same engine and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I was good off that
0: okay yeah um fallout uh three i i loved um new vegas was the one that i didn't beat because um it was like uh really glitchy in the very beginning of its release and i remember one night i was playing i literally spent like 40 minutes just like doing shit and then i fell through the map and i didn't (laughs) save and i got so mad i was like I was like I can't do that again. Like the 40 minutes that I just spent, I was like I don't want to do it again. cuz I'm really stubborn so I was like fuck this. Like I'm never playing this game again.
1: Yeah, well it's like you invest like that much time into it cuz I've been there too. Like yeah. you invest a bunch of time into something and then like that's like that type of shit happens. You just have to take a break and like come back in like a day or two and then redo it. So
0: um, I honestly didn't think that you're going to say that New Vegas was your favorite, um, but that pick is interesting. Um, So the company that made it um, Obsidian, are you like familiar with them? Yeah. Okay. So they have a newer game coming out called the, the outer worlds. Have you seen like the footage?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I haven't, uh, I haven't been keeping up with that. Um, just when they like had first announced like the trailer for it, but it looks fucking sick. Yeah, so I'm very like, excited for it
0: serious fallout vibes like when I saw that I was like, what is this game? And I was like, I'm, I'm super excited for it to come out because I, I think it looks awesome
1: Yeah, i'm very very excited. It looks really really cool So i'm yeah. not i'm not like the biggest on like too many like triple a titles because especially into like today's like gaming economy of like people like mm-hmm. releasing unfinished games and then like uh, releasing DLC or season pass and all that. It's just like a big, like middle finger to like the consumers. Um, that's why I've been playing like more like indie games. Uh, but that game, like, like I love, I love new Vegas, like Obsidian, gotta show them some love. So I'm excited for it.
0: Okay. Hell yeah. Um, speaking of like indie games, like, uh, you're talking about how like the retro looks like coming back. Um, there's this game that i'm playing right now um called moonlighter have, have you heard of it i have not no okay i, I gotta send you um like a link uh, so you can check it out but i'm um, basically like you're, you're like this guy um, i'm I, i'm like you know, not doing a good job of telling the story but basically you're this guy who has to um, explore these dungeons um and when you explore the dungeons you um you collect items from killing enemies and then you like run a shop and you can sell the items to eventually get better like equipment armor. Um, and then you can uh, go to the city and like, uh, buy like newer stores that come into the city. So it's easier for you to like acquire, um, certain items to progress, but it's like super cool. Like, like, like super like, you know, dungeon crawler. Like you should definitely check it out. It's like my new obsession.
1: Send it to me. Uh, I'll definitely uh, check it out.
0: Yeah, and um, like I play it on um, uh, uh, my PC, but it's on Switch. So like, I'm not okay, sure cool. if you have any other consoles or if you um, have a PC.
1: As, uh, I'm on Switch and uh, PS4. PS4, I don't play as much. I literally just use it for like Netflix, Hulu.
0: Okay, for sure.
1: But uh, yeah,
0: hell yeah. Um, well, uh, been doing this for about an hour and a half. I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else that I missed. That I wanted to ask. Oh, you know, um, one last thing. Uh, slow decay. You guys have a show coming up um, with uh, Vatican, um, Life's Question. Uh, who else is on that bill? What, what?
1: Uh, type Typecast. So typecast. that's the uh, Summer of Fear 3 tour that they're doing. I'm very, very excited to be a part of it. So, yeah, it's Vatican Typecast Life Question at program August 6th. Uh, Also on the bill is uh, Infirmary, badass group of kids from San Jose. Shout out to all of the Bay Area. They're all really, really cool. Uh, Protect Jarrett at all costs. Um, But yeah, those kids are going to be on it. They're all like 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're just fucking shit up. It's so sick. And then, uh, and then it's us. And then this band, uh, Rot World, and they're a vegan straight edge band, uh, from, I believe from like the Orange County area and they're, they're going to be opening it up, but very, very excited to be a part of that show. Uh, it's shit. It's a month away, <laughs> but what? as of right now, that's the only thing we have going on. I think we have like a show here in San Diego. It should be this month. A friend of ours is like helping put it together, but, um, it's more than likely going to be 21 plus at a uh, space bar, but uh, you got to play those shows every now and then.
0: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm curious. What's like your guys' connection to like Northern California? Cause it seems like there's like like this like strong bond between like the group of friends that you guys have.
1: Yeah. There's just a uh, like, they have a really, really cool scene up there. Uh, I've met a lot of people, Um, going to shows over the years, whether it's me going up there or them coming down. But uh, Malachi um, does the majority of the booking in like Santa Cruz. He fronts a band called Lead Dream, uh, plays in a band called Scowl, and then another band called Jawstruck. They're all really, really good bands. He's a great, great human being who, you know, does his best to put on for his uh, scene. Uh, I love him very much but uh, shout out all three of those aforementioned bands drain Gulch hands of God infirmary Uh, they have such a cool scene up there I love all those people
0: hell yeah I um, actually have um, some people from up there um, scheduled to come on the podcast so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I definitely um, like what they're doing up there. Um, oddly enough, um, like as long as I've been around, I've never been up north for a show.
1: Yeah, it's really, really cool. We just played up there, actually. Um, okay,
0: you guys were so, on that run with like Absence of Mine and um, Palace, right?
1: It was just one show. So Absence of Mine and Lead, Dream, and Scowl did like a run together. And then Palace played two of the shows uh just doing their own thing the one in pomona and then the one up in santa cruz and then just thought like all of us are going to be there let's play a set and we're like okay yeah let's do it and like shit popped off it was really really cool i love the santa cruz scene very very much they've shown us a lot of support um like musically as well as like people uh and santa cruz is also just a beautiful city uh to just be in and, uh, be around.
0: Oh yeah. Shout out to Santa Cruz. All right. Before we go, is there, or are there any cool bands, um, you know, coming up in San Diego that we should be like checking out,
1: uh, in terms of San Diego, um, Rod of correction, ROC. They, uh, um, they're like a, a crossover thrash, um, hardcore band from down here, members of uh, Take Offense and then other uh, hardcore or punk bands here in San Diego, but incredible band. Uh, I'm looking forward to what they're going to be uh, putting out next. Uh, I believe they're putting out some new music soon. Um, a friend of mine who actually plays in Palace of Mourning, uh, he's, gonna, he's uh, starting up a new band called Means of Control. I actually just went with him And Recorded uh, like a little like guest spot on like the record or like the EP that he's putting out Um, So I guess also be on the lookout for that means of control Um, But yeah, just like those two right now off the the top of my head
0: Hell, yeah, that's awesome. I always uh, you know try to preach on here that we got to Keep the youth going support them uh, Forever because that's what's gonna keep this thing going forever so um, make sure to check out those bands uh, is there anything you want to shout out or plug
1: oh uh, no just want to sh- uh, not t- anything specifically but just want to shout out all of my friends uh, Abs of Mind Dare, Drain, Modern Color Lead Dream, Momentum Palace of Morning, Inspite. Spite uh, love all you guys and yeah I'm excited to see what uh, the rest of the year has in store for all of us
0: All right, there you have it. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the JMRK Podcast. Always on top.